Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Welcome to another episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Bams. We have mixed up the format again because, hey, I guess we're bored in lockdown or something. And because it lets us talk in great detail about our favourite boy bands and girl bands. That's the theme for today. So we've mixed it up a bit. We've each chosen 10 tracks of our favourite overrated and underrated boy bands and girl bands across the ages although as you'll see it's quite 90s so i hope you like that and you can reach out to us on social media or via email if you look in the show notes so i hope you enjoy this latest episode So, welcome to the latest episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. This time around, we couldn't decide whether we wanted to talk about boy bands or girl bands, so we're going to do both. And we have some lovely stuff here, guys. It will take you back all the way to the 90s. So yeah, as Fran said, most of the boy and girl bands are ones from the times, I guess, when we were teenagers or Young adults, would you say that's correct, Fran? Yes, although, sadly, looking at these, I was technically an adult through all of these. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I definitely felt, especially with what you picked as overrated, I have too many nostalgic memories to have an objective opinion on some of them. But on others, I definitely want to talk about how they were robbed of success and very keen to, to promote them. Because, yeah. I think when we say underrated, some of these were big hits, but they're barely played since, that makes sense. Like, people don't go on about these tracks again and again. Yeah, and I have to, I found it really difficult to pick overrated songs for the girl bands because there's plenty of overrated boy bands, but girl bands, even ones that I don't like so much, like Pussycat Dolls or something like that. There's still songs by them that I like. There's enough songs of them that I like that I couldn't pick them as as overrated. So I told Fran that this was one of the hardest selections I've had to make, especially as we were trying to keep it balanced, having five boy bands and five girl bands in each section. That's how we've done it this time around. And I did it in about five minutes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I did spend a lot of my life listening to uh, Now CDs at work. So I was going to ask, yeah, so what's... How did you get, did you, were you into boy and boy bands and girl bands when you were a teenager or not? I guess I wouldn't say I'm into them, but growing up in that era, you would watch um, Saturday morning TV so you couldn't avoid these bands, you know, and also I'll still probably listen to Radio 1 until I was like 26. So all these, mm. all of these bands would always be on the radio. And also this is like going to the era of um, pop stars, rivals and X Factor. Yeah, so, you know, yes. that's why it's impossible. Like now, like some of yours, I didn't know because I think we're sort of moving on to the late noughties when I had moved on from then. Yeah. But anything from the mid nineties to the mid noughties, I would be horrible. Even yes, couple juniors guys, I know them. I mean, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna mention them because they're, they're related to another band. Yeah. So for me, it, the late nineties to the early noughties, I would say were my glory years of 
boy bands and girl bands, it was when I really kind of started being interested in music more actively. So I'd obsessively buy smash hits and Top of the Pops magazine and cut out the lyrics and cut out the pictures and hang them up on my wall and use the stickers to decorate like the bag that I used to have my orchestra music in because while I was very much into pop, I was an absolutely nerdy child who was in the Epsom Children's Orchestra playing the violin. And yeah, that, that phase lasted basically until about 2001, 2002, when I was like, oh, I'm into proper music now. So I'm going to reject all of this or like pretend to reject all of this until I, you know, unstuck my head up from my own ass uh, in about, I guess, 2008, 2009 and started being a bit more open-minded and then revisited these songs again. Actually, yeah, many of these would be played at my school discos. I, I have memories of that. And I definitely used to listen to Mark Goodyear on Radio 1 and record things off the off the radio. I used to like obsessively know chart positions and and how much things are dropped in. Yeah, like you, Fran, I think I, I have now 37 till about now 48, something like that. Those were the ones on repeat. Looking back through the 90s, I don't think you know, I had any shame about listening to E17 or TV. My I listened to Happy Hardcore, Britpop, and then uh, <laughs> sing back for happy oh. hardcore really yeah, I was like 12 come on and then like, yeah and then me and my friends would be singing deep deep down but he's 17 and you know there's no shame we used to sing uh white said fred on the bus that is that's a nice image white said fred on the bus but yeah but you know i i remember strongly when take that um broke up and i remember watching it on mtv and seeing all the all the kids crying and i felt a bit sad and every time i i heard never forget i'd have a lump in my throat Thinking, thinking I'm, I'm never going to hear that song live. And then one day, guys, I did. And more on that later. Yeah, see, this is where our age gap shows. Because I think we we have like a seven-year age gap. I was um, too young when Take That broke up. Like, it was, I wasn't yet into that phase. So I'm very much into Robbie Williams, but not so much Take That because I just wasn't as kind of conscious about them and just was a bit confused by the whole thing to be honest I think but because at that point they broke up in what 94 95 uh, yeah 96 oh was it 96 oh okay I need too much no I was gonna say what like deep deep knowledge there <laughs> like you didn't even google that from what I can tell um let's get into it <laughs> overrated our top 10 overrated girl and boy bands starting with atomic kitten hole again i think this was the late 90s post spice girls boom when suddenly we had thousands more female bands appearing in the uk and probably across the world so yeah i think atomic kitten had maybe two or three singles which kind of like did nothing much like maybe like top 20 top 30 and then suddenly hold again appeared and took over the airwaves, including a horrible spoken word section. So I think they added in. But now I have to wait. Maybe if you change your mind, don't be too Is late. Is that because all saints did never ever? And hey guys, we need to have a spoken word section. Um, I, I was actually going to look up who who wrote this. Let's see. I know who wrote it, and it's horrible because it's uh, Andy McCluskey. Oh my God, Andy, Andy McCluskey yeah. from OMD. <laughs> Yeah, that's not who I expected it to be. <laughs> wow, okay, well. Th- but that just, that, I'm sorry, that just proves the whole, like, there's no point in being snobby about pop because sometimes some of your musical idols write it. It's like, are we li- listening to the song or them? Because the song could be written by some geniuses, you know, Neptunes did a mm. lot of, like, pop singles, mm-hmm. you know, mm. like... Max Martin is a genius. Yeah, like, and he's written a lot of these songs. So, you know, are, are we 
choosing the song or is it how it's how the whole pack is perceived because the whole pack of atomic kitten is what i'm talking about mm-hmm. here and i found them super annoying and this song mm-hmm. was literally on repeat and the drum beat sounds like a demo beat it's like the first beat they found yeah that i do and it literally just goes around and around i know pop songs are repetitive but like come on guys you can try and have a, some sort of uh creativity at one point and i guess the most creative thing they could do was put a bit of speak, spoken word and they go carry go for it i of course know this song and i totally agree with you that it was everywhere and i don't know if you remember but there were two different music videos mm. for it because there was the one with carrie and the one with jenny i think was her name who who replaced her and I remember it being everywhere also because it came out in 2001 and that's when I had MTV Europe for the first time, which was a pivotal moment for me. I don't really like Hole Again that much kind of as objectively as I can be about it as a song. But I don't mind Atomic Kitten. Um, they, I think they have some good songs. I think Right Now and See Ya from the same album are good. And their song I Want Your Love, genuinely a banger. And I think it's on one of the nows, Fran. I, I can't remember which one it was, but... I'm pretty sure it's one of those kind of like deep in CD2. That's it's quite a catchy one that I think in the video they're pretending to be cowboys or something. So I would agree that this song is overrated because it's it it was everywhere and it was a bit much. But I I would reconsider Atomic Kitten. I cannot think of another Atomic Kitten song. See ya, wouldn't wanna be ya. And then, then obviously Eternal Fame, which was a cover, and Ladies Night. Ladies Night, which was a cover. Blimey, Charlie. Well, there you go, guys. Um, Hold again, top of the list for my overrated girl bands. And now moving on to Bab's first choice. Overrated. My first overrated pick is The Day We Find Love by 911. So 911 were, you know, one of those bands that I became aware of as you know, there was the boy band and girl band explosion. It's from 1997. I don't hate them. I, I There's no visceral hate from me there, but I, they just never really grabbed me in, in the same way that other boy bands did. You know, I like Body Shaking, but this song and so many of the others, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just not very inspiring. They had a lot of issues. They were one of those, you know, that, like some of the other bands as well, where like they were really pressurized a lot and, you know, they had that whole, like, now we're massive in Asia. Now we're going to tour you and, and completely tie you out. Okay, now you're husks of men. But just, yeah, I think there were much, there were other much better boy bands. And they seemed bigger than some of the better ones out there. And that's why I picked them. I mean, I do not remember this song whatsoever. And weren't 911 <laughs> one of those boy bands when they had one singer and two dancers? Oh, dancing was very so much. So what on earth did, did the guys do on stage when this was happening? I don't know because I just wasn't interested in them. I mean, there can't, there can't be much body shaking happening right now. No, no, body shaking would definitely have like a dance routine and a lot of jumping up and down. But that this this would be the ballad. I feel like my feeling of 911 is like watching their music videos and then looking softly into the camera from a lot of angles, you know, when it's when it's all of those. And I just, at that time, not for me. It really is a by numbers ballad. And if you call 911, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. There you go. That's um, a joke there. Take it off. He's, he's actually got a pen, guys. <laughs> so what's your next overrated pick? Overrated. 
Next is our first cover, and probably one of the bigger songs on my list, and it's from the H and M Spice Girls, All Saints. Yes, <laughs> I mean if you're going to do a cover, or maybe listen to the lyrics first, and covering a song about heroin may not be the greatest idea when you're doing a song to teenage girls. And then also removing the actual best part of the song, the end, the under the bridge part, is a massive flaw. And why? Like, why would you cover under the bridge and then remove everything good from under the bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, <laughs> Are you huge, a fan, Babs? Huge All Saints fan. They, they were probably the first girl band that I was really into because they were grumpy and wore comfortable trousers and crop tops that I sought out in Tammy Girl at the weekends, of course. No, no, Hitch, that's why I was like, firstly, wrong shop. Secondly... <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I thought, I thought like Spice Girls are like Miss Selfridges. And all sense a bit more, a bit, a bit more cool. So they're, they're more like H and M. Yeah, they, was there? A I'm trying to think. Was there a H and M in my local shopping centre when I was growing up in Epsom? I think there was, but definitely um, Tammy Girl, Tammy Girl and Miss Selfridge were were where I, I was at for sure. So I I don't think I can be objective about this song because I heard the All Saints version before the Red Hot Chili Peppers version because it came out in '97 oh, and I was no. 10 years old. So I had no. Knowledge or clue about the Red Hot Chili Peppers probably until 2001. Um, so I love this song because if you if you listen to it outside of knowing the original song, it's it's like a good and funky pop song. Um, it's one of my favorites of theirs. I actually, but I do like both versions. Like I think when I heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers version, I was like, oh okay, this is very different. And I didn't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers version for a while because because that's what often happens when when you hear another version first. Now I like both. I think I, I like them both pretty equally. I don't think the ending is the best, but again, I think I've just been biased by, by All Saints. And they, I, I think they have so many mangas. They have Black Coffee, Booty Call, I Know Where It's At. So I was, I think this was the most shocking inclusion on this list. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> no, no, I do want to point out that I like the All Saints and I have seen All Saints live twice. <gasps> okay, okay, redeemed. It redeemed if you tell me about it in great detail. Well, I saw them at V2000, and it's one of the most unprofessional performances I've ever seen, <laughs> because they were singing this, and they kept messing the lyrics up, and then laughing. Okay. And I've never seen any band do that before, live on the stage. And then they did um, Never Ever, and it went on to eight minutes, and it went through like a reggae version, a drum and bass version. And seriously, like, are they going to drag this out for another 14 minutes? I think for the jazz section to come in. So the 2000, and 2000 was a poor performance, but then I saw them two years ago wow and they and they were 10 times better and they sang better they could they danced better and they looked beautiful so go all saints wow okay so this this has been a, a roller coaster of an entry in in the overrated canon um so i guess your issue is more with this specific song than rather than all saints as a band it's it's a terrible cover and the best part of the song they had to eliminate because they can't talk about shooting up under a bridge uh, yeah, see, I, I just, this song is so nostalgic and the music video, I yeah, the, the harmonies at the end, I, I really like it. I think we're going to have to disagree on this one. Overrated. So my next pick is Shine. So take that. I remember, I think, Back for Good. And that's about it from the first era of Take That. I remember that being a big song and, and listening to it. Apart from that, 
All I remember is the news that they'd broken up and the hotlines that they had to set up for the people who um, were so devastated. And I thought, what the hell? Like, as much as I am a fan of music, I don't think I've ever really been a proper fangirl of anything. Maybe how much I was into Radiohead from about 2001 to 2004, maybe. That was the most. So I just, I couldn't fathom how people could really base their whole identity around this band. So it was this really alien moment for me. Then Robbie Williams obviously went solo and he was fantastic. I think he's he's a fantastic pop star, especially in the late 90s. And then Take That came back with songs like this one. And suddenly they're in suits and suddenly their songs were on all the adverts and they just really felt very bland and... Gary Barlow's a bit of a twat and a tax avoider. Just, yeah, they don't, I, I, that's why I think they're overrated. Like, so like you with all saints, I think, I think they have got some good songs. I think back, back for good is fantastic. I am absolutely furious. <laughs> um, I don't want to use words. I, I will hold back the anger. I guess in 2006, where were you living? Uh, I was in the, I was studying in the UK. So you didn't see the documentary? I didn't see the documentary. About them coming back together? I did not know. I was maybe 12 when they started and 15 when they ended. Mm-hmm. And I was a fan of Babe, Everything Changes, Babe, yeah. Never Forget. Yeah. But second take that, a better than first time take that. And um, Shine was destroyed by an MS advert. Yeah. I remember that advert then. Yeah, yeah. I guess Shine, I, I can see it's, it's annoying and I, I don't enjoy it but on that album patience is a beautiful track no, it's the not. second <laughs> album the second album the, the circus if you, i know it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen but if you watch the circus live it's probably on youtube it's one of the best live concerts i've ever seen like visually and sonically and there's tracks on this on the circus which are absolutely astonishing pop songs and for flood with robbie came back is a, a brilliant pop song and I saw them that on that tour. So I have seen Take That Live, guys. Don't be jealous. I've seen All Saints and Take That. But my question is, um, Babs, is that Take That returned. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they were really a big thing again in the rest of Europe. Do you ever hear any Take That at all? When you're yeah, abroad? not really. Only, only in a UK context. I think they, they got big again in the UK. And Gary Barlow was kind of everywhere because wasn't he like mm. doing the concert for the Queen and like heavily involved in the 2012 Olympics? There was definitely a period of time from the, yeah, I guess the mid to mid to mid. Oh, he, he is now. He, he does his own online concerts during lockdown. He, he can't get enough of uh, Gary. He's still everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I can very much believe that they have good, that new take that have uh, have good songs it's just that the ones that have been the biggest from the new period i don't like so i actually you're saying it's never going to happen maybe if we do a take that episode i would i would sit down and listen to them and, and see if, if that changes my mind um howard um used to live mm-hmm. near me and he's pop it used to pop into hmv on a monday evening with Aww. a little beanie hat to look at me, slightly disguised and he does always chat to me about music and it's really weird because he must knew that I knew mm-hmm. who he was but I couldn't talk to him with his first name because he's technically mm-hmm. a stranger so I'd always talk to him <laughs> like he's a punter and there'd be a picture, a picture of him on the wall <laughs> it's like well, I thought I cannot, I cannot mention take that I cannot he probably that. appreciated that he probably appreciated the yeah, yeah maybe yeah. well so the only time 
I considered becoming a bit of a take that fangirl was when Mark Owen was on Celebrity Big Brother and he was extremely fanciable, extremely, extremely fanciable. Uh, yeah, that is, still that would. Is. Um, and he had a very good rapport with Sue Perkins, if I remember correctly. And I just, I, I love their friendship. Thought he seemed like a very nice man. He's there's something a bit ephemeral and feminine about him that I like. So, yeah, good on you, Mark. I'm probably one of the only people in the world who can say this. I own all four of Mark Owen's albums, paid with my own money. I do not own any take that. Like because they're good, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, because Mark Owen's solo material is better than Robbie and Gary's. Better than Robbie. It's about time. Better about time that you got. Well, okay, maybe not Robbie, but he has done some some decent tracks, and I think that he is really underrated. Do you think Robbie is overrated? No, I think he's. I think he's fine. I think okay. he. Then we can't time, do Robbie at, versus Mark. Then <laughs> well, at that, no, at that time, Robbie was the best pop star in the world. I think in that era, and now he has a couple of good singles occasionally. I was taking that. So yeah, you're next overrated. Overrated. McFly, guys, McFly, with all about you. And what a whopper. I mean, it has a lovely Disney-esque intro, but it's not a Disney-esque track. It then goes into a really boring high school love songs with strummy guitar and a bloody annoying chorus, which will go on for half an hour. And this is perfectly for a 13 or go. But apart from that, it's absolute dire. I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and it, it angers me so much that they're compared to Busted. Because Busted has some urgency about them. McFly, it just, it just sounds lame, wimpy. I don't know. I've no idea why they're a massive band. I really get uh, McFly. I will tell you why. Because they're all good looking. That's why. <laughs> like all yeah, of them. Yeah, is Tom Fletcher good looking? The lead singer. He's, I mean, not, he... he's not. For, he's not for me. Not for me. But but I get it. But fucking Dougie for like Dougie and Harry Judd for really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in a way that busted. Like yeah. Again, maybe there was one for each type of person who fancies men, but they're they're not as attractive. I think I had actually successfully completely forgotten about this song. I went on I went on your list, and I was like, "What about you?" Like the only McFly song I can remember is "Girl with Five Colors in Her Hair." And I was like, "What's this song?" And then it started playing, and I was like, "No, <laughs> this this fucking song. It's awful. I really don't like it." And just as you were talking about it, I, like it, it was playing in my head, and I was like, "Oh." I really, I need to go and like listen to something else entirely. I need to go and listen to some Pantera or something to like drown it out. They're kind of a bit fakey American as well, even though I could, I would accuse Busted of the same thing. Uh, so yeah, I can appreciate their attractiveness. They seem like nice guys, but I, yeah, I, I couldn't, I, this was the one I agreed with you the most brand by, by a mile. Dougie is the most interesting member. Mm-hmm. I mean, to know his story. I don't know his story. Like he's been in rehab twice. Oh, okay. And I, and I've seen him live because he, without me knowing about it, was the bass player for the band A. No. Seriously. Oh my God. What a revelation. Okay. Well, Dougie Pointer and A. I might have to check out some videos where, where he's played. I mean, I think they're good musicians. I have no idea. It's just that their music really didn't speak to me. So I haven't really thought about them until now. <laughs> Overrated. 
So I said to you that I found it difficult to pick girl bands that I found overrated, but the Saturdays are the exception to that rule. I just genuinely feel like they are, they just don't have a personality. I have never heard a song of theirs that has stuck with me at all. So I was like, okay, I want to put something by the Saturdays. Let me go and listen to their most played song, which I have not heard, which is the the song that I included, which I'm, what is it called? What About Us? Yeah, forgotten already. It's got slick production. Sean Paul's there. Often that's a good thing. But just their music says nothing. I feel nothing. They seem very nice. You know, Rochelle Humes presents that music quiz TV show with her husband. And they seem very nice and coupled up. Frankie Bridge again, great on Strictly. Molly, great on Strictly. The, I think Rochelle and um, Frankie were in S Club Juniors slash S Club 8. I, I don't wish them harm, but I just, I, I feel like every other girl band I know, even if I don't like them or they have annoying songs, there'll be some standout moment. And with the Saturdays, I just can't find one. I think that with the Saturdays, we had gone back to the 90s. So in the 90s, girl bands were not necessarily singers. It was people who had been to fame school if they could dance a bit, they could act a bit, they could present a bit, and they wanted to be famous, so they became a girl band. We then had like proper singers like Girls Aloud and the Sugar Babes and people who actually could sing. And then the Saturdays became another like, are oh, we just five girls who do not care if they're in a band or acting as long as they're on TV? Mm-hmm. And that's why I felt I had never heard a song in my entire life. I am yeah. shocked that it was a massive hit. Sean Paul, though, like Flo Wider, at a period would be like the rap guy for hire for any yeah. pop song. It was like, I don't know many Sean, Sean uh, Paul or Flair Wider singles. Sean Paul. I, I just know they appeared in <laughs> everyone pop songs like for five years. So yeah, it's not for me. I, I can see why this is overrated. I, I don't get the appeal at all. Okay, so I'm glad that you agree on that and we can keep that short. <laughs> I really don't have much more to say. Overrated. No matter what, by Boyzone, guys. I'm sure you guys will know it. I mean, it's absolute drivel. Um, are you a fan? Boyzone, another band that I never understood, really. I, On reflection, I can appreciate Shane for being a handsome man, even though he was kind of had such raw masculinity at that time that I was a bit scared of him. But now I'm like, yeah, handsome, handsome man. Just so many ballads. And even the songs that weren't ballads weren't great, like Picture of You, but just, yeah, you know, sometimes a band is manufactured, but you, it works, you know. I think One Direction and Little Mix work, even though they're literally, yeah, five strangers put, to, put together, uh, the five or four strangers put together. But uh, I just never believed in Boyzone. I never, I never really got the appeal. But you will hear that my tone changes with <laughs> the other one <laughs> that's on this list. I have a... Uh, crap fact I will share with you guys. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in the BFI IMAX in London seeing Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the, the animation in 3D, and sat in front of me was Stephen Gately. Mm. He was my favourite, I think, when I was younger. Four days later, announced dead. Oh, wow. So was I one of the last people to share a cinema with Stephen Gately? That was really sad. That was really, really sad, especially when he was like, yeah, one of the first boy band people to to come out as gay when it was such a taboo thing and and everyone was, you know, telling people to go back in the closet. Being from Ireland, a quite Catholic country, it's even brave, I guess. 
Overrated. The next one is No Way, No Way by Vanilla. And when I was messaging Fran about this list and telling him how difficult I found it to add girl band ones into, into this list, he was like, oh yeah, but you've added Vanilla, right? Like no one likes that. But even this song, I have nostalgia about it. Like I remember this song. I remember the absolutely naff music video where they're in crop tops and skirts dancing around a pool. I think I, you know, I like the fact that it just seems like four girls who are mates having a, having a laugh sort of thing. But it is, you know, it's based on the Muppets song, you know, even though it's not the Muppets song. And it is very... Yeah, it, it, it's almost like it's set out to sort of be annoying. So that's why I picked it. And I was actually yeah, looking into the story of Vanilla. And basically, there were rumors that they signed to EMI as a result of someone losing a bet. <laughs> uh, that when they first got signed, but that's not true, apparently. So that's not true. When they first got signed, they wanted to be doing R&B, but someone suggested that song. And they were like, well, you know, Spice Girls have done Wannabe, and that was a bit gimmicky. So yeah, let's just do it. And the song got to number 14 in the charts. And yeah, I didn't realize that it like in so many lists, it was considered like one of the worst pop songs, one of the worst like novelty songs. Like, yeah, like actually made me feel a bit bad for picking it. Cause you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna kick people when they're down. Even though I think the the interview that I read with one of them with Alida Swart, she was kind of, you know, they say fair about it. But yeah, as, as catchy and earwormy as it is, it is a bit annoying and that's why I went for it. My problem is that is there anyone who actually rates us to be overrated? <laughs> That's my question. It's so hated, and it's, it was every, I, I like. I feel like it was everywhere for for a very short period of time. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of the things when like everyone hated it, but it was like top twenty. So like, who yeah. people must have bought it just for a laugh. It must have had a yeah. kitsch. Well, they, they were on um they're on Big Breakfast all the time, and they were taking a piss out themselves quite quite a lot. So they okay, knew good. what they were. Mm-hmm. But I mean. My favorite part of it is in the video. There's a girl who's like miming to the sample. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, that bit. It's yeah, like yeah. I quite enjoyed that. But that's the best bit of the song, in my opinion. I wish there was a bit more of that. Can you mime to the one bit that no one sings in? Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's got auto tune in it, even though it literally is one of the easiest songs to sing in the world. How on earth are they going to do R and B with their voices? I, I honestly, I would have loved to have seen it. Have you heard the other the other song? I haven't heard the other song. What is the other song? It's actually better than this. It's really? It's on YouTube. It's a very much a 90s pop song. It's, it's, a, it's just fine. Do, do you know the name? Or I, I can't it's, it's like, tr- like like True For Me or something like that. Okay. Um, but it's actually just it's actually a better song, but I feel sorry from that. If that was the first track, they might have had a bit bigger career. But I, yeah. I, believe, I believe they had a, a, a first single, but it was like... Been... Well, because the, the thing that I've got, it says Vanilla's second single only managed number 36 and the band were dropped. So it, it looks like they've released two songs and, and that was it. I wonder if it was, if it did make an impact outside of the UK. It's funny what does and what doesn't. But this feels, also when you say who's buying it, I think kids, I think children would absolutely love the song because it is so catchy. So who knows? To be overrated, someone has to race out of there. So, okay, I guess... Being top 20, someone out there does. Being top 20, being an earworm that's everywhere. Uh, You know, the double-edged sword that is that. Yeah, that's why I picked it. Overrated. Okay, so back to my final overrated boy band. And I mean, happily on the summer, guys. We're talking about Westlife. 
because Boyzone were a little bit too edgy. <laughs> All the alternativeness of Boyzone, basically, Shane. And uh, the placing <laughs> with five guys in white suits. Because I, I assumed it was a Josh, uh, Josh Grogan original, but apparently, yes, yeah, he, he got big with it first in America, then it wasn't a big hit in, in the UK. So they thought, Really? On, yeah. Josh Grogan yeah. did it first? I didn't know that. I saw you posting about the Jonas Brothers, yes. <laughs> yeah, in America, no one knows Westlife. They all know Josh Grogan did raise me up first. And yeah, again, it's, it's a H&V. You'd have the Mother's Day album and this would have to be on there. Just the, gender, the genderedness of this. Oh, yeah. Do you know how sad it was near the end of my career at H&V when it was the Father's Day and it was bands like Blur and Oasis on there? And I was like, I'm a dad. <laughs> I'm dad age. I'm like 32. I have no kids. I was like, no. It's a crime. So to my shame, Fran, I was a massive Westlife fan for a short time, believe it or not. Because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They, I think they must have come along at the time and done something to me. Like, yeah, it's it's really strange because you know me. I don't really like ballads. I've been saying about, how normally I don't like boy bands that much because you know it, there's there's a lot of ballads. But I was I was a huge wrestler fan, and I'm sad that I'm not in my house at the moment because otherwise I would show you the photo of me on I think my 13th birthday where I have a Westlife birthday cake and I'm hugging a bottle of Bailey's that my parents let me drink part of as a celebration and I honestly have never looked so delighted in my life so I will maybe for the album artwork or whatever I I will put that in because it is fucking hilarious. You know we talked about Robbie leaving take that. And you didn't help on. How were you about, about Brian? Fran, my first email address was Babs for Brian at hotmail.com. <laughs> Honestly. And guys, guys, if you want to talk about the show, please email that address now. <laughs> no idea what's going on on that address. Yeah, Babs for Brian with a four, of course. Come on, I'm not an idiot. Loved Brian. Um, so yeah, Brian was my favourite. As my dad said, you always like the ugliest ones in boy bands. I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, also, he, he seems like complete prick now uh so i i just the shame is doubled you know why can't i go for kian who you know is nice and with jody albert and all that kind of stuff i think by the time that he left westlife i wasn't a westlife fan anymore so i was a bit like oh okay well that's a shame because he was my favorite but yeah it was really funny because it really was like a very short period of my time of my life it was maybe like a, i don't know six months a year I remember, I think with their second album, they were like, guys, we have some fast songs. And I was like, so excited that it wasn't just going to be ballads. And I think it was that song, When You're Looking Like That. I don't, I don't remember. The only fast song I knew they did was Uptown Girl. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad cover, I think. No? It's, it's just like exactly the same as original. I guess. I, I, I guess I, I didn't really kind of think about it too much. Yeah. So When You're Looking Like That from coast to coast in 2000 so yeah 2000 yeah 13 still a fan when you're looking like that i'm being like whoa this is revolutionary they're not just on stools and i used to love flying without wings unironically um and yeah i you know i'm not like you know i wasn't as obsessed as the comedian sophie hagen who uh, wrote fan fiction and there's videos of us talking them um yeah shout <laughs> it wasn't like that but definitely it was enough of an obsession that i feel a little bit weird about it given how just so diverging they are from my music taste now i mean we'll have a past overrated 
so my last overrated pick is All the Things She Said by Tattoo. I have not picked it because it's a bad song. I think it's a good song. I think they have actually quite a few good songs. Not Gonna Get Us is, is one. Whichever one was the one they sang at Eurovision that I can't remember the name of, that was pretty good. Uh, they have 2.1 million monthly listeners on Spotify, which shocked me. <laughs> um, I think they're still pretty big in, in Russia and and they've had a lot more albums than I realised. The reason I put them as overrated was because there was just such queer baiting from this video. Look at these two young women. We're going to put them in a school uniform. We're, we're going to pretend that they're lesbians. It was just it was just so obviously a gimmick. And um, yeah, when I was looking at their Wikipedia page, it was like when, when they released their second album, they said, we're not letting down our gay fans. Like we've never said that we're in a relationship. And I think in in 2014, one of them basically said that if she had a gay son, she'd disown him. Um, so it's just it's all very sordid, despite them having bangers. But it is produced by Trevor Horn. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his comeback because he had not been doing much as far as I know since the eighties, and suddenly, yeah, this happened. Wow. Like, wow, Trevor Horn. Because I think they did the album already in Russian, and then they did a, a, an English version, and they brought him in to do it. Yeah, I, I believe that's what happened. I, I, I actually didn't know that. You're, you're teaching me. And, they, wow. uh, and that's when they added the uh, cover of How Soon Is Now, which I, don't, I, I was going to mention I don't, that. I don't, I don't mind it. I actually, me neither. <laughs> me neither. It's not that bad. You think it would be bad, and it, it's one of those. You know, it's like really of all the songs in the world, you pick that. I mean, obviously, it's it's not as good as the original because one of the best things about the original is the guitars that I think Johnny Marr basically said they can't remember how to play anymore. But um, but it's not bad. Check it out, guys. Really. I do check it out. And yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as over it at all. I mean, yeah, 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 the, the video. But musically, it's still a great song. And her vocal, I mean, every dog. Their vocals, um, yeah. It's so high. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I can't say it's overrated. I'm just, unfortunately, I can look past the video because we're not talking about the videos, guys. We're talking about the music. It's all about the music. Uh, we're talking about everything, Fran. Okay, well, if, you okay. dismiss, if you can dismiss WAP for being too sexual, that's not <laughs> talking about the music. That's not talking about the beat and the raps and the flow, okay? So, yeah. Because even as I'm trying to do what I thought this is an absolute joke. Like, <laughs> well, this, this is it. I don't. I don't think I did because in 2002 I would have been. Um, I would have been 14, 15. Mm. So it probably would have confused me to be honest. But I don't think it did. I, I. I think even at that age, I was just like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what's going on. It doesn't feel right, but I don't know why. <laughs> probably is how I felt about it. Over underrated. Sous évalué. So that was the end, part one. Coming up in part two is a great big long chat about one of my favourite boy bands. I won't reveal which, but Fran, who does the editing for this podcast, told me he had to cut so much out because firstly, I spent 20 minutes talking about them and I spent far too long talking about who were the best looking people in all the boy bands. But listen, this is important information that we need to tell people out there okay so i hope you agree with me that you know, this is necessary commentary required in this year 2021 and enjoy part two underrated moving on to the exciting part a bit of everyone cares about guys it's our underrated section <laughs> so i let bab start this time Oh, okay. 
So my first pick from the underrated is Point Break with Stand Tough. I think they are one of the more criminally criminally underrated British boy bands. Can, Although we, they were can, one we, can we pause and give it a gap for people to cheer? Because all the Point Break fans will be tuning into this episode. <laughs> like, finally! <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me to pause for, like, audio reasons. Oh, no, like, no, oh, no, no. Because no, no, they, they've been... I'm looking for years of someone to finally mention this on the podcast, and now their Google alert will start blowing away. Like, yes, I lost. Yeah, I'm trying to. Is there another podcast that's mentioned Point Break? If so, get in touch because I want to listen to that podcast now. I, again, absolute fodder for me at the age they were around in 99, 2000. So I would have been 11, 12, 11, 12, 13, no, 12, 13. Um, so absolutely prime tween, you know, starting to notice boys age. Ollie from Point Break was my favorite. When he sang in Freaky Time, it did something to me. I don't know what it was. It wasn't sexual yet, but some, something was going on. But even with distance, I listen to their songs and they're great. The album Apocadetic is a great album. It, it, genuinely, I, I picked Stand Tough, I guess, because it's the most accessible one, the one maybe their biggest one, but I, I could have easily picked any of their singles. And Fran, so excitingly, I've just found out that there's a one and a half hour documentary about them on YouTube. Filmed by, <laughs> by themselves? I, well, the, the funny thing is, the person, the person's YouTube channel is called David Holmes, like the musician soundtrack guy, David Holmes. And I was like, I'm guessing that's not the same one. Let me, <laughs> let me double check. Cause I was like- From, from Underworld, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, uh, let me see if I can find some interviews. It's called, yeah, Apocadelic, Point Break History, How to Make a Boy Band. And I was like, oh, my fucking days. Like, that's what I'm going to watch this evening. Yeah, we haven't mentioned uh, Biker Grove yet. I was some shocked about Yeah, so so two of them were from Biker Grove. And what I found quite interesting, actually, was that they were managed by a woman, Danielle Barnett. And uh, I was I was looking at her, like, I was trying to look up stuff on her. And, yes, yeah, I found an article about how she bought a home age 23 and they used to live there and record stuff there. And it all sounded very, very fun and, and nice. So not the purest intentions went into me liking this band. But as a grown-ass woman, I I think it's great pop. And it's the rarity of their quieter songs and their louder songs are good. So well done. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, this is very much New Kids meets Five. New Kids on the Block. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a fan of New Kids on the Block, I, I call them New Kids because, you know, I'm a bit... New kids, yeah, sorry. I'm not, I'm not down with the kids. So, yeah, no, I have not heard a song for 25 years, is it? But did you know the song? Yeah, it came back to me. And, yeah, I, yeah. I actually do like it, guys. And uh, yeah. what, I, what I did enjoy finding out on Wikipedia is that one of the members for being in a band, he went under the name Some Lad From Cov. No, really? Seriously, that was his artist name. <laughs> and surprisingly, he didn't actually do well in that name. I don't know why. Um, good luck, mate. Uh, that, that reminds me of the story that's been kind of very memed recently of the guy who got so drunk that he changed his name to Celine Dion and, and couldn't remember. I don't know if you read about that. But that, that genuinely happened just now, like this, this month, I think. But I will be emailing some lad from Cov at hotmail.com and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Please let him still, still use it. But yeah, I, I don't know. They, they had this one album and that was it, as far as I could tell. I couldn't find any reason as to, to why they broke up, but I guess they weren't enormous. If you go and look at the, the charting. So the album charted at 21 in the UK, 35 in Finland, 83 in Japan, if you're interested. 
And Stand Tough, their biggest hit was only number seven, Freaky Time 13, U14, What About Us 24, and Dewey Rock 29. So yeah, they really didn't make that much of a splash, which was an absolute shame because they were great. I think they were out with a lot of competition, weren't they, during those times? Yeah, in but, that period. Mm. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm not really knowledgeable about new kids, but we'll, we'll come to that. Definitely five would have been uh, an influence for like, you know, the more rough and ready sort of boy bands. Yeah, definitely. And I think now it's time for them to come back. Uh, yeah, I would go apeshit, to be honest. I, I can't I can't name. I mean, now One Direction have folded. I mean, there's a, a space for them. Underrated. So what have you got as your first underrated fan? Well, this is a song by a band who are absolutely hated. So you guys may not know it yet, but I am a massive AHA fan. And uh, this band covered Take On Me. It's A1. Take On Me cover is a piece of shit. Moving on. <laughs> this band, this band were really, really like pop, 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 yeah. And then slowly they sort of became a bit more mature. And by this, I think maybe their third album and last album, they suddenly started playing acoustic guitars and had videos of them looking more serious. And Caught in the Middle is my track of choice. And I still play this to this day. <laughs> like, I've been playing a song for the past 20 years. I think it's one of the, of the best pop songs of the noughties. If I was in a, a band right now, I would cover it because I think it's never played at all on any radio. It's, it's a forgotten gem and it needs to be given to someone to give it a new life. It's a perfect pop song. What about you? So I love Day One and I own their 1999 album, Here We Come, of which my favourite songs are Be The First To Believe, which I, I think is an absolute banger in summertime of my life. I hadn't really listened to them beyond then. So I hadn't realized the existence of the song that was on the album, you know, straight after and not released that long afterwards. This one is, it was a bit too ballady for me, but I would agree with you that it doesn't sound like your average boy band song. This definitely could be a sort of Eurovision-y style song. Um, and it's way more mature than I would have thought compared to, you know, what they were doing in 1999, which is definitely yeah, very much aimed at the teenage girl, hello. But uh, yeah, it, it made me very intrigued and it actually made me think I need to buy this album for my dad, who very much likes this kind of music and also unironically listens to my A1 CD. I think the A1 CD is in his house, it's not in my house at the moment because I have Spotify and he doesn't. <laughs> Do you have a single from the album was called Make It Good? This is also a really good, decent pop song. And I guess for some reason, as soon as I, I liked them, they flopped. I guess their fans were too it's young. It's your magic touch. <laughs> I guess they're trying to get a different audience. So basically they lost They've their... had five albums, Fran. I looked into this. They've had five really? albums. And they had a reunion show in November 2019. So yeah, it was. It, I was very pleasantly surprised to see A1 and very pleasantly surprised to see them not in the context that I know them. So check it out, guys, if you've forgotten about Court in the Middle. Underrated. <laughs> okay, well, my next underrated track is Be With Me by Mystique. So even though I wasn't so much into, let's say, garage and R&B um, at that time, even though you know, definitely I would have liked some pop that was influenced by it. 
I guess Mystique were just before I went into my music snob phase and I own Licking on Both Sides, which is the song the song comes from. And I think it's a truly excellent album. It's one of those that really um mashes up a lot of genres. So every every song is quite different. Some of the lyrics are quite funny. And I don't think they got as much credit as they they should have. Alicia Dixon obviously did later on, especially kind of when she did Strictly and then she was a judge there and afterwards. Uh, well, I think they're massively uh, underrated. I picked this one because I thought you might not know it. So I went for that. I, I didn't pick Scandalous, which is from their next album, which I actually have to say I haven't listened to because it's that thing of I really like looking on both sides. I, you know, I, it's one of those I listen to it most of the time. I haven't really bothered with the other one, but maybe maybe I will. And um, I think last year, Sabrina Washington from the band, she spoke out about the racism that she encountered being in the band because she was the darkest, you know, they, they were all black women and she was the darkest skin one. And she was saying how like, basic people were saying like, yeah, you're not marketable. And like, you know, the spotlight should be given to the others, which is really disgusting. But she's saying that, you know, she hasn't had that many experiences since in the same way and that she really wants to talk about it openly now because she felt that it, you know, she couldn't at the time. So I really, I really wonder that there's been a lot of chat, especially in the last couple of years on like, especially black female artists and how they're seen as like not marketable and all that stuff. I, I think with a different backing, they would have been much bigger. And and that's, I, so I picked them for both, being underrated for both reasons. I, I genuinely think Licking on Both Sides is a great album. And I think there was some racism behind the reason why they're not as big as they could be. Yeah, but Eternal were number one singers in the same same era after Louise left as well. But I guess they were more classic R&B, right? As in, hmm. you know, apart from, I guess I want to be the only one. And I, I, I genuinely think Mystique should have been ma like massive. Like Eternal were big, but I, I, in my opinion, Mystique should be absolutely huge. I heard it's been absolute bullshit that they broke up because they got jealous that Alicia was in the, uh, the nerd video. Yeah, I remember the the nerd video. Um, I don't know if that's why they broke up. I I would because I guess Scandalous was a hit in the US as well, right? So there was there was some crossover there, which is why it's even more kind of mystifying that you know they they weren't bigger. It's also remind me of that period when bands were allowed to mention themselves in songs. So we go mystique, yeah. mystique. <laughs> like, mystique well, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have Radiohead do that one day. It's ready ahead. <laughs> Tom York in the house. Bo, bo, bo. I mean, there's a whole, there's a song on the album called They'll Never Know. Uh, and it's got members of So Solid Crew on it. And I think Alicia was married to Harvey. And, and yeah, he's just saying like, yo, they don't know who my wife is. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, you, we, we really know who you are now. Yeah, no, but honestly, for, on the album, there's Roll On, Why, All I Want, those are the kind of the the big singles, but they'll never know. Uh, Stamp Reject is, is like a genuinely funny song. Really, really, they're really good. So I guess if they weren't dropped, then they must have fallen out personally. Well, so actually I just looked up on Wikipedia and it said that after Scandalous was released, their record label went bankrupt. So that might have been something to do with it. It's not my favourite genre. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry, guys. So, so, so you don't like the song? Oh, no, not at all. Uh <laughs> So how here, here I am giving a whole big speech for Fran to go. Not a fan. Okay. Couldn't be so happier. They broke up. Couldn't be happier. Um, <laughs> Do you not like any of their songs? Oh no, no, oh, no. I mean, uh... <laughs> Incredible. Underrated. 
So to one of the older, I guess, of the manufactured uh, boy bands, we have New Kids on the Block. And a bunch of hits. But none of the 80s tracks. Yes. None of the 90s tracks, and they were renamed. No. N-K-O-Y-B. We're going to 2016, 15? Uh, I wrote it down. 13. Yeah, it feels like 15 to me. And we have the remix. I heard this randomly. Uh, sorry, sorry, remix brackets. I like the. Come on. So, <laughs> that's one thing you know about me. I, I don't care about brackets and songs. Okay, so I don't know how I even came across this because I checked I out, wondered. I checked out the stats and this was a massive flop. This yeah. got nowhere. And I'm not surprised. But hey. But the video is really good. Although looking back, it, it's a bit like Strada Howell, isn't it? Is it ba- the video is a overweight lady who apparently now has some confidence, and now people like her. Is, is and the song is about that. The song is about that. Now you've had a remix. We now fancy you. So you know, it's not like it but every uh, every late nineties, she's all that kind of makeover film vibes as well. Yeah. But so being from two thousand and thirteen, it's a kind of an odd thing to do. But it's a woman, so it's okay. <laughs> So it's written by Lamar from Fame Academy. I wrote that down. I was very surprised. <laughs> well, him and, and yeah, like many pop songs of it, were his Swedish production company, who basically Swedish productions did most of the pop songs mm-hmm. of the past 25 mm-hmm. years, haven't they? They've really taken over. But like, it, it does sound like Bruno Mars. And I think if Bruno Mars did this, it would be a massive hit because I think it's a glorious pop song. It's got like a, a Motown feel to it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm holding my evil tongue. look here from Bows. I don't know why. What? What? How is this? How is this a bad song? I've never met anyone. This is like sometimes when I say, "Oh yeah, by the way, uh, have you heard anything by Lucas and Block?" And again, no. I then show them bits and I go, "Oh my god, this is brilliant! You're the first person I've." Uh, because I have no soul, as we've we've established on previous episodes. Um. I found this really shouty and whiny. They're shouting the whole time in, in the song. It really... And they mean it. Is what they mean it. Yeah, I just... You know, I... New Kids on the Block, yeah, they're, they're a bit before my time. Uh, so I just... I know them from... Yeah, I guess people talking about them and I know about Mark and Donnie Wahlberg. What I do love by New Kids on the Block alumnus is Give It To You by Jordan Knight, which... Is I have on single. That is a sexy, sexy song. Again, did something to me like prepubescent. I was like, I I knew it was sexy. I knew it was naughty, and I was like, yes, I'm buying this single. But uh, with this one, I I didn't know what to expect because I think I saw that it was from 2013 before I even listened to it. So I was like, whoa, okay, this is not going to sound like, you know, I'm guessing late 80s, early 90s pop bands would. But uh, I think it was my least favorite. Of the wow. your tracks, yeah. Is this why you hated it? Because Jordan doesn't sing in it. I see. I I don't even know who the lineup is. But so yeah, so this is Donnie Wahlberg and Jerry McIntyre are the vocalists for the song, oddly, because Jordan usually was the main singer. Okay. And uh, you're so wrong. What is what are the classic New Kids on the Block songs for the people who don't know? Like where? So this this kind of has a callback to the early days. So you've got the white stuff and uh, hanging tough. They famously would always have a like a motif when they would go oh, and they have that in in this songs. Okay. They've got they about five massive songs back in the 80s, I believe. Underrated. Next is the 411 with Dumb. 
Now, I knew absolutely fuck all about this band before doing this podcast. All that I knew about them was that I really liked the song. And I remember the music video where they're just in sheets. And then I made the connection that uh, the album's called Between the Sheets. Well done, Barbara. So I know that song. And I know their other song, On My Knees, which features Ghostface Killer from the Wu-Tang Clan. So I included them because I think Dumb is a fantastic pop song. And again, I genuinely don't think I've ever had a conversation about the 411 is what I feel like. I I don't really know anyone else who knows that they must do, but it's just it's just never come up in conversation. And yeah, I looked them up there. That album was actually certified silver, which really surprised me. It's certified silver in the UK in 2004. So clearly it had some kind of following. This was released in 2004. In 2007, they were formed under the new name Sunshine with the I as a Y. Uh, but then they changed it back to the 411, which was named after the Mary J. Blige album, What's the 411? And then it says, one of them announced via her own personal MySpace that the band had split, but then they remained friends, but then they might release new material, and then that was it. So they're a bit of a mysterious band, but I just remember thinking they were very cool with their sheets and their dancing. And um, I think Dumb is just, yeah, like a, a perfect little song. So I, I thought they're American. I was shocked they're to find British, that they're British. Yeah. Um, I also thought they were American when I first listened to them. But um, yeah, this was worse than the Mystique song for me. Really? And oh, it goes round and round, doesn't it? Just, uh, yeah, you, you have an issue with repetition, I feel. I, which is why I don't like R&B, because it basically is like them singing over a loop a lot of times. So you must take, like, I don't know, Humble by Kendrick Lamar or something like that, where it's just... I do, I, I do not get any uh, Kendrick Lamar. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not very cool. When it comes to rap, I have to have someone singing a catchy chorus, like Will Smith. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, really? <laughs> So every Eminem song you like it has to have the sample in the chorus, like Toy Soldiers or Monster, for example, for me uh, to like it. We've we've gone away. So you you didn't you hated the song more than Mystique. That it just it really it yeah. seems like such an inoffensive song to me. So that well, I thought I thought the remix was inoffensive. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we have a podcast where we continuously blow each other's minds with uh, our music tastes. Well, that's a shit. But okay, well, listen, check out the music video and then come back to me. I think I think you might enjoy the music video. Underrated. Now we get on to the, the good stuff and uh, mm-hmm. a band. Lo- oh, come on now. So recently uh, on our January, December podcast, um, Babs finally got to mention Tom Vec. And now I finally get to mention... Well done. I, I see what you did here, by the way. I, I do see what you've done. And uh, we have their swan song in 2004, I believe. Thunderbirds from the everyone's favourite film. Thunderbirds. Sadly, the film was a massive flop, but this was a number one single. And I didn't know at the time, but it was a double A side of 3am. I'm not a fan of that single. But Thunderbirds is, for me, their best single. So Busted, I prefer Busted to McFly. So I, I can agree with you on that. But amen, amen. I was never a big fan of Busted in pretty much any capacity. I think I can appreciate the, I don't know, the memeability of Year 3000. And I remember quite enjoying the video to Crash the Wedding. Um, I think we, yeah, musically, they're good musicians. This song, so Fran, you'd you'd mentioned this song to me before on, on I think, another podcast or even in a real-life conversation. So I'd gone to listen to it 
and realized that I didn't really like it. I can appreciate the catchiness sort of thing, but I do wonder as you're, you know, a big fan of films, whether the fact that they're talking about Thunderbirds or it's linked to the Thunderbirds film is what makes you really like the song. Oh no, the film's a piece, a piece of crap. Um, okay. They could be singing about anything. And in fact, they to get more kudos that they even got to write lyrics about the Thunderbirds and still mm. had a decent song. It must have been hard. And also to to then have to to you know crowbar in the Thunderbirds theme <laughs> at some point into the song, whereas <laughs> they kind of just did a few times. But I think I think the bridge is fantastic, and I, I don't know why. Amazing that it's in the underrated that we're getting into more fights this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bought I bought this on CD single, and I think I had it on my CD Walkman on repeat for about a day, just walking around. I would be laughing to myself, but but no one would think that I would be walking around listening to Thunderbirds by Busted, age twenty four. <laughs> I was going to ask you, you know, do you like other stuff by Busted? I- think we talked briefly about McBusted and you weren't so keen. I, Fightstar, are they any good? Because I, I think when Fightstar came, I was like, well, I'm not really interested in exploring this. It's very different. But actually, maybe I would like them now. So um, I do like the first two Busted albums. The first one's the best one. Um, Fightstar was not for me because it's like emo and screaming. And I remember at a time, it famously mm-hmm. Busted fans would go to see Fightstar gigs and throw paint at Charlie. Jesus. They, were that, they were that angry that they would try and ruin Fireside gigs for the first year. And it took, I think, like two or three years for them to be taken seriously by like Kerrang! magazine. I think eventually they mm-hmm. were kind of held as a decent band. Mm-hmm. James Bourne did Son of Dork. Yeah, Son of Dork. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he had a couple of uh, decent singles, but unfortunately people didn't get on board for James Bourne train or the Matt Riddish train. And uh, so, yeah, McBusted was like a little a ladder back onto the, the big reunion of Busted. But what was weird, their comeback album was not a pop-punk album. What was it? They did an Electra album with all keyboards, which is a, a real, real couple. They, okay, they like doing that, clearly, just shifting genres completely. Yeah, but, but then the album afterwards, which came out in 2018, was back to being like, you know, Blink on it 2 fodder. And it has some okay. decent songs in it. But yeah, but the comeback album was like, whoa, I was sh- absolutely shocked that anyone would ever do a comeback album and not go back to, you know, to their original sound for the fans. Was this, I'm looking at them now, is it the 2016 album Night Driver? Because it looks like, it, it looks like an electric, the, the font on it looks like it would be an 80s computer game. And, and it mentions the word night, which everyone knows night, is electro. Uh, there's a song called Kids, Kids with Computers I'm looking at. So, okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I might do, but yeah, I think you've mentioned before pop punk. You like pop punk. I, I don't like pop punk. You know, I I don't mind a bit of Blink One Eight Two, a bit of Sum Forty One, but it's it's not the genre for me. But electro sounds much more my vibe. I mean, I don't really pop punk isn't exactly my genre. I don't own any pop punk albums. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind a few Blink One Eight Two songs. I don't like Sum Forty One. I wouldn't buy the uh, the best of pop punk, or I believe it's called. Teenage dirtbag. It does exist. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like Busted. Um, and I think uh, people, Busted got a lot of, of hatred, but think, yeah. thinking about it, having three guys who can play the instruments and could write songs, yeah. they were a step on from Westlife. And I think if you were, you know, 12 years old, you may pick up a guitar. So isn't that a good thing? So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I enjoy that kind of naughtiness and sense of humour 
in in some of their songs and i think charlie harding's the fittest but uh, uh yeah it's not um it never really gelled with me but electro sounds good check it out but do not check out the film <laughs> moving on underrated moving on so the one that wasn't available on your spotify <laughs> this keeps happening so l5 toutes les femmes de ta vie they are known for their participation in the french pop stars in 2001 and i when i moved to luxembourg in i think 2001 it was everywhere and i think it was kind of the first sort of french language pop that i got into because it was everywhere and this song is just fucking catchy um so it's actually a huge song in france i i think it's like the 54th best selling single ever in france it sold 1.6 million copies but obviously i guess that you didn't know it because i guess that outside of the french speaking world or you know countries that listen to french speaking music it wouldn't have been as big and i wanted to put this in there because not only is the song good i have the album the album has some bangers as well it's not um I wouldn't say it's all amazing, but the songs that I like, I really like. And they have another one as well called Où sont passés les hommes, which means Where have the men gone? And it's quite enjoyable because they go like Batman, Flesh Gordon, and it's quite entertaining. I, I think you'd enjoy it. So I, I wanted to, yeah, put put in a band singing in another language and introduce you to Arsene because I thought you might actually quite like them. This could easily have been recorded by um, Girls Aloud or Liberty X and it would have been a hit. Yeah. Um, what, I found in, what I found interesting, because like, yeah, they're, they're from the pop stars, but looking at the, at the age of them, one of them's like 29. In the, when this came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was like yeah. nine years older than, than one of the members. Which is kind well, of that's, that's what happened with Sinead from Bewitched as well. I don't know if you remember that scandal where she, she was, it was like the other three was sort of, I think they were saying they were 19 or 19 and 21. And then she was 25. But then it turns out, I think she was 29, something like that. Again, please look this up. Don't go on my witterings. But yeah, yeah. Because happen. yeah, because in the UK, when that came, when Pop Stars Rivals came out, one of them famously in the, in the male category was kicked out because he had to be under 25, I think. He, and he, he lied by, by one year and he quit live on the show so he could make it. So the fact that they allowed a 29-year-old to be in a pop band in France was quite progressive for that time as well. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if, yeah, if they're just less weird. I mean, like, France isn't always the most progressive when it comes to stuff like this. I don't know. Was she fit? Then it's fine, probably. I don't know which one it was, but they're all fit. So I'm sure, I'm sure it was acceptable. What I wanted to mention was, <laughs> I think, a video I only discovered recently, which was when Nadine Quill from Girls Aloud lied about her age, and I think she was too young, and they have to go and make her get her passport, and she's like, oh, what? What's going on? And it's honestly the most awkward thing I've watched. It was the, it was the Irish version of Pop Stars, wasn't it? As you oh, did, like, okay, right. Before Girls yeah. Aloud. Uh, are you aware of the Grunge Band called uh, L7? Yes, I am, and I like them a lot. It did laugh enough at us. What about you? Had a, a girl band called L5. Yeah. Like, Do you know what? Like the spin off. Oh my God. I had actually literally never made the connection. I, think, I guess because in my head, it's, yeah, it's L5, not L5. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. Very, very different vibes. <laughs> so if you get two members of, of each band, they can call them L6. Oh they, my God. Can you imagine that crossover? I fucking love that. That would be great. <laughs> if you're listening, do it. L6. Underrated. 
Okay, so this I thought I was, I was being a bit naughty with my choice here. Guys. Oh, I'm so angry about this. <laughs> I'm a bit, I'm a little bit naughty, but I mean, we're talking about girls and boy bands, and you know, so I've gone for Matya. I can't pronounce. Is it Matya or Matya? Yeah. I think I think it's Matya because I've I've heard them say it on Big Brother. So yeah, so when she left the Sugar Babes or kicked out, I don't know what actually happened. Mm. She got together with Grieve Armada and did a song for Matya. Which apparently I was shocked to find that was written for Estelle. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't know how Groove Amada knew we're about friendly from Sugar Babes, but I'm glad of it because it, it created one glorious pop song. And yeah, so I thought, well, it's see Sugar Babes. She was still under the Sugar Babes ban- banner these days, so I'm allowing it on my underrated. <laughs> Honestly, like you, you've been so strict on some things before where like, I put an 11th song on, your, on a playlist and you're like, well, I'm not discussing it because that's not 10 songs. We have both discussed how much we like the Sugar Babes. The Sugar Babes have an amazing back catalogue and you go and pick a solo song. So this isn't, you know, mature in somewhere else. A solo song with another band as the one to represent that. Listen, it's it's a great song. The Sugar Babes are not underrated, are they? That's what I, I see it. People people like the Sugar No, Babes. but I, I think they are underrated. I I think certain aspects of Sugar Babes are well. Basically, Angels with Dirty Faces is one of the best pop albums there is. Punto. Um, don't know what language that was, but um, you know, uh, and the hits from that album are well known. But genuinely, I think it might be like the pop album with the best album tracks, uh, or like one of the one of the pop albums with the best album tracks. So I was, when I saw that, I was like, oh, look at him. Look at him getting off on a technicality. This is unacceptable. So it's a good song. I think it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really good song. But uh, I'm furious it isn't, you know, a Sugar Babes one. So, so this is the truth, guys. This is what actually happened. So <laughs> I didn't want to choose this at first. But Spotify, being a dick it is, made me choose it because I wanted to choose Flatlines by the Remerged, um Matya, Siobhan, and uh, Asia. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they came back with the song Flatlines, which is a brilliant pop song, not Spotify. So therefore, because I couldn't find that Spotify, I didn't choose it. Ah, you should have, you should have told me. Yeah, you should have told me and I would have listened to it. But um... So I then thought, oh yeah, damn it. So what other non-Sugar Babe song? And I thought, well, yeah, a song for Matya, that's not playing much anymore. Okay. And that's why it's on there. So I, I, I from the heart, guys, I wasn't trying to to be sneaky. I wanted to choose the, the new, I think they're now allowed to be called the Sugar Babes again as well. I think, I think so, yeah. 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 So I wanted to have the, the, the comeback song for the Sugar Babes because I have no idea why it wasn't a success. Again, I think sometimes it's promotion, isn't it? And unfortunately, Sugar Babes, they are the butt of jokes for, especially for, for the lineup changes, which really detracts from the fact that they're, I think they're one of the best girl bands out there. Okay, you know, listen, I... I didn't mind so much that you'd broken the rules. I just know how strict you've been with me when I've broken the rules and I felt this was double standard. This is somewhat so, of an explanation. So, okay, fine. I forgive you, Fran. It's fine. So unofficially, I'm choosing Flatlines by, I think they're called was it like M- MKS? SK, no. MK, MKS, yeah, MKS, yeah. No. That's my choice. So guys, hunt it down. Yes. Underrated. So, the big guns. I am so excited to to pick this. My final underrated track is Straight Up Funk 
by the best boy band that has ever been five. Okay. Now, I on I don't want to go into five too much because just how much I've been thinking about them and how much research I've been doing on them, I think we need to do a separate episode. Just to let let me let me go to this. So I picked straight up funk because it's from their first album, which is not my favorite album of theirs. I think their 99 album, Invincible, is better and one of the best pop albums out there. Another one where like the album tracks are, are great. But I just thought this one was like it, it's 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 an interesting song. It definitely kind of has, you know, the rapping that Fiverr are known for. It it is funky. It is it is funky and it feels in a way kind of more genuine than some of the others. I mean, some of five songs have the most appalling lyrics in the world. But I love five so deeply. I think they were marketed as the kind of the bad boys with attitude. And they absolutely hook, line, and sinker got me. I remember um the the documentary Neighbors from Hell on ITV where they showed what happened when they put five in a house together and it was a nightmare there's an eight minute an eight minute video which is kind of like a summary of, of the episode and it just brought it all back to me because yeah I remember watching that documentary and they were just so naughty and scampish and it they seemed so genuine to me at the time whereas now on reflection I'm like okay I see what they were trying to do there and it, it really wasn't as genuine and they were you know singing in a lot of American accents and, and stuff like that but I just I I love them so much I know so many of the raps off by heart, it's embarrassing. I sent to you recently the video of the comedian Luke McQueen doing a parody of Carpool Karaoke with Abs, and it's one of the best things in the world. So hit me, Fran. What do you think of Five? What do you think of this song? Well, I remember Five were a band who wrote out when I was clubbing. And oh. Slam, slam Dunk the Funk was was a mainstay in most nightclubs. And See, for me, it was school discos. That this is oh, the really? difference. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it probably was a school disco, but the over eighteen version was just <laughs> yeah. the kind of thing. And uh, yeah, and I would always stand a dance floor for Slam Dunk the Funk, and I like Five. So the best, this is the best news I've received. Like this is this is the this is the one. Please, sorry, Fran. I, inter- I in excitement, I interrupted you. You like Five? I'm so I'm delighted. I've always been um, a big fan. And I, when I listened to the, um, to this track, I, I checked them out on Wikipedia, and then um, I'm shocked that they released six singles on the album, and this wasn't even a, one of those. So, I mean, I think it was. Beast- I think it was actually a B side. I think I know it from it being a, a B side or like a, another track on the album. Because strangely enough, I I think I have all the singles from the album, apart from until the time is through, because that's a ballad, and I'm I'm not interested in five as ballad. Like. Uh, uh, I think, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, do you know Invincible, the second album? Well, I don't own it, but I, t- tell me a single. I can... <laughs> yeah, it's got We Will Rock You, Keep On Moving, Don't Want to Let You Go, uh, If You're Getting Down, that one. That's the second album. So that second album, it has enough of like a variety of songs in, in so many different genres. They have like a Latin one. They have a song called Battlestar, which I guess is vaguely about Star Wars. They have a song called Inspector Gadget, which I don't even know if it was in the film or not. It's... If you, they have a song called Mr. Z about a guy who can't fit into a car. It's honestly, it's bonkers. I fucking, I love it. The first album, I actually, I think only bought it in my 30s, potentially, or at least in my in my late 20s, because all I knew and all I was interested in were the the singles that um that were kind of high energy. And uh, and straight up funk, it has like a very a very intriguing beginning because it starts with these, I don't know, like yeah, these synthesized strings almost. And they're going straight 
up funk and it sounds like it's going to be very breathy and quiet and then suddenly just launches in and like there's a million different things going on so I'm, I'm really glad that you didn't know it and that you liked it but it's it's instantly five you can tell it's five can't you it's not like oh yeah especially uh, when it launches into it you, you can tell it's five it's um so were you sad that the the guy didn't ever rejoin five like devoured um so rich rich was my favorite in in five although again like he seems like a bit of a prick as well <laughs> like yeah, I'm just, of, uh, of you know my two favorite bands i saw the big reunion and uh i was really sad scott became my favorite scott seems like a really sound guy like i think he um he sort of married his childhood sweetheart and his kids he just seemed like you know like a really sort of, I don't know, like fatherly figure, uncle type. And that was not at all the vibe. I think, again, he was a, he was a bit, him and Jay were a bit too dangerous for me. Like Jay, Jay just was very kind of masculine and aggressive. And I don't know, Scott with his spiky hair just kind of scared me a bit. Whereas I guess Rich with his kind of pretty boy face, that was more what I was into at the time. But now I'm like, yeah, Scott all the way. And I'm absolutely devastated, Fran, because there was a reunion tour. I was actually trying to find out while we were talking literally as lockdown was happening I was in London and I was meant to go and see a reunion tour with someone from another level someone from Damage and someone from oh, I can't remember I, I really need to look this up so 5A1 Damage and 911 are embarking on a 30-day tour in February and March 2020 and yeah I came over to London actually I think I'd literally planned I was doing other things in London but I had planned my London trip for that and it was the lockdown hadn't happened in the uk yet but it had happened it was going to happen in belgium and i was like the portent of doom going around england being like um should we not go to that indie night guys should we not go to that concert should we not meet up because uh in belgium things are looking pretty bad and i think it's gonna hit as well so i was so excited to go with two of my friends to absolutely relive relive our teenage years and i didn't get the chance and i was absolutely devastated because i wasn't living in the uk when the big reunion happened and i think there was a big reunion tour which i would have loved to have gone to like i just moved to, to belgium um and not earning very much money so it's not like i could come over very easily yeah i could have seen scott my new favorite and uh, it didn't happen and yeah underrated the last song and the oldest uh, track on here and we have shampoo also, people may say they're not a girl band. So, but First question to you. Yeah. Are they a girl really, band? They, yeah. I would say they were manufactured as a girl band. They were big in Japan. They had a cartoony <laughs> sort of look. <laughs> you know, if I'm calling All Saints H&M Spice Girls, these were, um, you know, Camden Market Spice Girls. Um, you know, they had, uh, had the, uh, the, the yellow and green hair. They had the attitude. They were... Daphne and Celeste for the 90s, but a bit rougher. Although, I mean, the reasons why people may say they're not a girl band because they were fans of the Manic Preachers. They wrote a fanzine for the Manics. They also had, um, they also did some writing for the for the Enemy when they gave everyone a zero out of ten apart from the Manic Preachers. So they had more like cool coolness around them. But musically, they are a girl band with guitars. And I'm pretty sure they didn't play the guitars. They were just singing in their unique, is it Riot Girl sort of vocal style? That's funny. I wouldn't say Riot, Riot Girl at all because no. I, that, I, just because I associate that with American bands. But I, I guess it's yeah, 
I think it's influence, isn't there? And what well, I put them down because I always got annoyed when the Spice Girls came out a year later with the word girl power because Shampoo had a bloody top 20 hit with the song Girl Power and they were a girl band who were really empowering themselves and they must have been fucking livid. The Spice Girls came out flashing the name Girl Power everywhere. What do you think? Um, so I did not know this song. I Shampoo, I'd heard you talked about them before, but the only song that I know is Trouble and potentially... I know, or I don't know what boys like. Is that is that? that a big one? I think you may know. Don't, don't call me baby. Was a okay. Quite a big hit. Okay, I I I don't know if I know that one, but I will I will check it out. I loved the attitude in this song. Uh, thank you. I loved. I just it started, and I was like, oh, absolutely, I'm on board with this. I want to be a girl. I want to play with knives. I want to play with guns. I want to smash the place. I was like, yes, yes, incredible. It just really surprised me because. I only knew Trouble and yeah, it's kind of poppy. That's just, I, I guess because it's called Shampoo as well, which is, you know, it evokes bubbliness. I didn't really know what to expect. I expected more of the same and not this. But I, yeah, I was wondering, are they a girl band? Surely did, did they not write some of the songs themselves? Uh, what does that mean? You know, because I think Busted and McFly also at least co-wrote some of their songs, right? Um, and I did wonder if Spice Girls had stolen girl power from there or they didn't. I haven't really looked into the the origin of it. I enjoyed the song. I've, I wrote that I enjoyed it on like a superficial level, I guess. Like it didn't move me, you know. I I enjoyed it. I will probably listen to it again, but I don't think I'm going to be... I don't know, putting it on repeat anytime soon. But it was it was a pleasant surprise, definitely. So I think they were a bit like Banana Rama. So Banana Rama were punks. They hung out with punk bands and they're kind of like, you know, not, not groupies, but fans of that era. And then they sort of pushed into the limelight. And then I think Shampoo were like into punk and indie and alternative music. And then they got pushed in the radio direction because being interviewed, they're not pop stars. But they're called Shampoo. Mm-hmm. Their videos were like all like bright colours and it's like and they were appearing on like kids TV shows. So I own this album because I got it for a joke present. Really? Because they're shampoo. And then I actually oh. quite secretly liked it. And I know they were big in Japan, which is a cliche, but of course they're gonna be big in Japan. They're called shampoo and they're two, you know, um brightly women, people. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, exactly. And then I think like they apparently like this album did okay, and then they did a self made album in the noughties just no one bought so yeah they vanished but i never heard ever what their opinion was of the spice girls because to me it was like how has everyone forgotten that after six months the word girl power was in the top 20 with a girl band so i find it interesting how no one ever mentioned that also Fran, did you notice that they released a song in 2020 called top of the pops i did not know that I think, yeah, this was the most surprising one, I guess, of the underrated, you know, looking at your underrated choices, like, obviously, I knew, I knew Busted, I knew Song for Mattia, Mattia, A1, and I'd heard of New Kids on the Block, but this one, I was like, I genuinely have no idea what it's going to sound like, and, um, yeah, it was uh, potentially my favourite. No, Song for Mattia is my favourite. It was my second favourite. Yeah, yeah, but, so, but I think, that, yeah, looking back in that period, it's a lot of sort of R&B-esque sort of um, female bands, which I'm not a big fan of. And I think, well, whenever ever knows Banana Rama, ever knows like Men and Kim. So yeah, I was kind of struggling to find underrated bands of people that we really know about. So I thought, hey, Shampoo. Oh, I've got so many underrated girl bands for you, honestly. I, well, actually, and, and boy bands, but also girl bands. I think 
you know, it's interesting how most of the bands that we've discussed are British. And actually most of the British bands that we've discussed are relatively big, apart from maybe yeah, the 411 and Vanilla. But uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of one hit wonder girl bands out there that we need to find. So thank you for listening to this week's pop band overrated underrated episode. Let us know who your favourites and which bands you dislike. Um, all of the information will be on our show notes or just follow our social media. And thanks again for listening and Babs. I just want to say that we didn't even discuss the fact that we didn't discuss mixed gender boy and girl bands. So that's a topic for another time. I hope that keeps you interested and see you next time. We will probably be doing a part two so we can mention the F clubs of the world, the uh, wanters of the, the world. The steps of the world. The Spice Girls we've not even mentioned. Not even mentioned. Yeah, unbelievable. So many bands are fighting to use them. Be safe. Enjoy. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please, please, for the love of God, download, subscribe, and get in touch. You can reach us on Twitter. It's at OU Music Pod. You can message us on Instagram. It's at Over Underrated Music Pod. And you can email us over underrated music pod at gmail.com. So, this was actually part one of two that you were listening to. And next week's episode is with a special guest who I won't reveal just yet. You'll have to keep an eye on our social media or maybe get in touch if you really want to know. Have a fantastic day. Bye.